hello, and welcome to the Macabre Podcast Universe. This is it. This is our final Marvel movie of Phase Three. Finally, final until we get until they release more. Never thought this day would come. I know it's the the funny thing is that rewatching all of these so close together. As much as I love the series, uh, for the most part. Um, I am just like so relieved that we get to move on to something else. Yeah. Even though this is a good movie that we're talking about today. But um, yeah, so today we're talking about Spider-Man, the second in the the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. Yep. Yeah. Okay. You want me just to jump in? Probably shouldn't watch this movie following directly after watching the season finale of Succession season two. Uh-huh. Probably not the best thing to do in the world. But yeah, because the, the finale of Succession Season 2 goes right up there with the finale of Breaking Bad and, like, all of that. It was unbelievable. Can't and stress enough. I still feel like I'm emotionally coming... I'm emotionally dealing with it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, jumping into, like, a fun, spirited movie was... I mean, it was kind of helpful because I think it could... That, that yeah. finale could have maybe, in a weird way, ruined our night. But we and weren't it, planning on watching three episodes, so three hours. Yeah, we watched three of hours a show, and then, we and then watch a movie. That's two hours and ten minutes. So, and then earlier that day, I'd watched The Mandalorian too. So yesterday was quite the movie and uh, TV day. Um, but this is Spider Man. This is Spider Man. This is our last last ep of our namesake. This is how we got our name, and of course, this is a f- the podcast where. Two people analyze film franchises, and we basically exist to prove people wrong when they say that sequels are never better than the originals. And mm-hmm. this movie is no exception. It's better than Homecoming. Okay. And Homecoming's really good. And Homecoming's really good. So it's directed by John Watts, same guy who did uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, produced by Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal, same producers of Homecoming. Um, and if you'll remember, Amy Pascal is from Sony, and she owns the rights to Spider-Man, so she's always involved in the Spider-Man projects. It's written by Chris McKenna and Eric Somers. They wrote Homecoming. Cool. And it's kind of cool. There's a nice through line, I think. These two movies are, are um, some of the most cohesive sequels of the series. Just like in uh, Guardians, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, these this is one... Like one team that's yeah, doing yeah, both yeah. of these instead of... Like how the Thor series feels totally different every yeah. single time. Yeah. Um. And then music, Michael Giacchino. I I looked up how to say his name. Just say Giacchino. Giacchino. (laughs) Um, And then the cinematographer, this was kind of interesting, Matthew J. Lloyd. He did the Power Rangers movie. Okay. And then he did- uh, Famously, the one with Billy from Stranger Things. Yes, yes. And then he did the entire first season of Daredevil. So he actually had been- A show that, a season of show on television that took me forever ever to get through yeah and you really liked it and then i watched. I don't know if i really liked it oh i, I thought you did prob- I, I think i liked it i don't think it would have taken me that long to get through it if i really liked it yeah. i think i wanted to really like it and i just it just couldn't i couldn't get interested for some reason sometimes it just you just can't get interested well the problem with that show is the minor characters were not very good oh, they, they were weren't so well written i just want to look up who acting wasn't super great daredevil himself was awesome and kingpin played by vincent d'onofrio that was my favorite part amazing favorite part and their their dynamic and like the emphasis of the, the catholicism so bad the girl is so bad yeah the, and the um she was like a vic she was the redhead i don't remember i, I know that she, she was helped blonde, him. but yeah she's redhead oh, okay 
but yeah, the the emphasis on Catholicism and like the mixed martial arts and stuff that they were doing, that all of that is cool. But then the second season was just bad. I don't even know if I got through the first episode. I think you, I was you just, didn't watch it because I told I, you. No, I, I started it. I for sure one hundred percent started. Oh, you it started it okay. because um, I you know I just thought that I had to. Uh huh. Um, and then I couldn't. I think I just got really bored, and I got to a point where I'm like, if I'm not enjoying it, I don't have to watch it. Right. Right. So then I just turned it off. Yeah, and I I watched the second season, and I was like, okay, I'm done with the show because it was just, it it, it just the writing was not super super great, um, and the way they introduced Punisher was just a little lackluster in my opinion. Okay. Uh, anyway, so the production company we got Columbia Pictures, Marvel Studios, and Pascal Pictures, and it's distributed by Sony Pictures Release. That's why viewer, if you wanted to catch up and you looked on Disney Plus to watch it, it's not there. Disney doesn't own the, the distributing rights. Uh, the movie comes out July 2nd, 2019, and it has a budget of $160 million, and it makes domestically $390,532,085. Worldwide, the movie makes $1,131,928,519. Huge success. Of course, it's Spider-Man. Uh, that's what happens when you put Spider-Man on the title, typically. Um, so now I'm going to get into my notes. Uh, Those weren't your notes? No. <laughs> they they had an idea, um, when they first were pitching the Spider-Man thing that they were going to do a movie for every year of high school, which is kind of fun. Yeah. doesn't seem like they're doing that now no, because... It's super practical anyway. Yeah, and I think with how big the story got and stuff... Um, I think it'd be kind of hard to show character growth that close together. If yeah. that makes sense, I don't know. Maybe I'm uh, wrong. No, I think they could. Yeah, I think they could, but it would. Uh, it just would be. I think because of the size of the universe, I just don't find that very practical. Yeah, and I think we'd kind of get like it'd be cool if in the next movie he's in college. You know, like that mm. would that would seeing that growth would be nice. Um, and then Sony. So this is the, so if you remember, um, Infinity War comes out. Spider Man dies in Infinity War. And then they're like, hey, Spider-Man 2, or Far From Home, is coming out on in July next year. And so everyone was like, cool, we knew the guys were going to come back, but you didn't have to spoil it for us. Well, here's what happened. Sony was adamant about a July release. Oh. Marvel, not so much. They wanted to figure something out so that they weren't spoiling what was going on. But Sony was like, hey, guess what? We own the rights. We're doing July release. What? That sucks. Yeah. And then basically they said, okay, so we have two options. We can either wait until after Endgame comes out and start promoting the movie, or we can start promoting before Endgame comes out. And so it, it made more sense uh, from a marketing standpoint to promote the movie l for more than two months. So yeah. they did that. Um, they, they never really, if I remember right, they never actually said, like, this takes place after Endgame but wasn't there until after it. thing that happened where... It was a uh, wasn't it? People were seeing. Endgame? I'm, I'm saying before uh, Endgame came out. I know. But but tell your thing. Now. But wasn't there a thing that happened where like people are in theaters to see Endgame and one of the previews is Far From Home and it spoils that Iron Man dies. I had heard I that. From I heard you, that that, but that I don't happened, know. but that was an like not in, like was an accident. Yeah, because I also read that um, at a certain point there was a they had at some Endgame showings like Tom Holland comes out and he's like, hey, stay tuned after the movie to see a trailer for spider-man huh and then after you finish endgame you could watch spider-man the spider-man trailer because hmm. it 
yeah, it spoils that Tony dies. But yeah, I guess, I guess, um, y- you had said that that happened, right? At a theater? That- I heard that. I don't remember where or who told me that. Yeah. Which, I guess I assume you that you told me that. If you went to a Avengers. Yeah. Well, it's, not only like, does it spoil that, but it's like, I'm about to watch a three hour movie. And I and know the that biggest Tony thing dies. was spoiled for me. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, I'd be so mad. I mean, I probably would still see the movie because it's like, I don't know. There's other things, you know, that they have to wrap up. Yeah. But I would just be so pissed for three hours. Oh, I would be too. That would be horrible. Yeah. So that's why that happened. Um, working title of the movie is Fall of George. And then as I told you off mic, um, J.K. Simmons, to reprise his role as uh, J. Jonah Jameson, he was asked if he could do it. And the director said, like, if we can't get J.K. Simmons, I don't want to do it. He's like, it can only be J.K. Simmons, which is great because he just is he is that character. And um, they basically said uh, so. uh, uh, J.K. Simmons called Sam Raimi, who directed the old Spider-Man movies and asked for his blessing to make sure that he wasn't offending him. Which is pretty sweet. I like yeah. I like when yeah. actors do those sorts of things. Um, and then, so because of Spider-Verse was so cool, the effects, the visual effects um, supervisor, Janik Sirs, that's the real name, uh, they, they tried to make the movie more inventive in the visual effects aspect. I'd say they nailed it. Yeah, and I think, I think that's probably where... I'm, I'm sure they had those ideas, but maybe they decided to go a little more bombastic Push with, like, yeah. Mysterio's um, uh, weird... Hologram stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because they yeah they saw Spider-Man, and they were like, ooh, oh boy, we gotta do really good. And I remember seeing an, something before the movie came out where Kevin Feige was, like, really happy that Spider-Man Far From Home is a really good movie because Spider-Verse was so good. If this movie was not a really good movie, it, it would suck. Yeah. It would, it would like really, and people would always remember that. Totally, totally. And then, just like in, as you heard last week with um, Endgame, they did release an extended cut. I saw it. All it has is um, two extra scenes one where um, Spider Man is uh, fighting bank robbers and uses his Iron Man suit. Kind of cool, whatever, though. And then, you mean uh, his like nanotech suit? The one that has the legs on it, okay, okay. he uses. And then, uh, then another scene that has Mysterio before the final battle, like talking to his crew again and just like checking stuff out and drinking a green like mate tea. That's all. Oh, we missed that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um, the whole the so the whole illusion scene is I, I confirmed Michael. it's a hundred <laughs> it's it's a hundred percent CGI. So all okay. of that is okay. CGI, and of course there's still. Did you look up that corridor crew thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, the to plug them again, Corridor Crew channel on YouTube. What they say? They analyze uh, VFX shots and stuff um, every Saturday. But uh, yeah, so they were saying that's all 100% CGI, and then the there's still like shots of Tom Holland doing some motion capture, but they animate over him. Yeah. And then if you look at the suit that Mysterio is wearing, which is so cool, besides the dome helmet, so the not, dome. And he's not talking about his co- his uniform. His no, costume. I'm talking about like after Spider-Man gets, gets hit by the train. Yeah. And, and at the end of the movie, the suit he is wearing, the exact suit is um, an ILM motion capture tracking suit. So what they're doing that's super cool is Mysterio in comic books is like a, a master of, of uh, illusions and stuff and kind of like almost like a Scooby-Doo villain who's like, 
tri- tricking Spider-Man. And in this movie, they updated it to he's a visual effects artist. And by doing that, they they literally put on like an ILM suit and made him a visual effects artist, which is so, so cool. Also, one of my favorite things, and I'm sure this was way going way back to comic book design, is his costume or his like uniform uniform with the cape and everything. Yeah. Like having a dome head that you can't see his face in is Very like cool. perfect perfect for a character who you never know who he is yeah so you never see his face love that love it love it and then um and then uh i i think we talked about this in a previous episode but just to point it out a couple months after the movie came out there was a disagreement between disney and sony and they were like we're done with spider-man we get him we're not giving him to you anymore disney then they re-upped the deal and as of now what we have is a promised for sure at least one more Spider-Man solo movie with Tom Holland in the MCU. Other than that, we don't know the future, but that's what we got. And those are my notes. I plowed through those pretty quick, didn't I, Jordan? You did a good job. Okay. Now and you now we're going to take me. a long trip down memory lane. Okay. Because I only had one person to look up this time, and it's Mr. Jake Gyllenhaal. And Mike and I both agree on this. The hottest guy in Hollywood. That's right, people. Absolutely. They got him for this movie. So, Jake has been around for quite a long time. Uh, One of his first roles is October Sky. Uh, People have not seen that movie. It is just fantastic and heartwarming. Also has Laura Dern and Chris Cooper in it. And then uh, we have Donnie Darko the year after, which is kind of crazy to think about. Are you listening to me? I am. I'm trying to look something up. Oh, okay. Um, So then he does Donnie Darko, which also, if no one's seen that movie, you got to watch it. Super, super cool uh, indie feeling movie about time travel and insanity. It's also got Patrick Swayze. Um, Yeah. Super love it. Love it. Great. Good. And then same year, he's in Bubble Boy, which I think a lot of people forget that Jake Gyllenhaal's in Bubble Boy. He is Bubble Boy. Oh, I I don't think think anybody forgets about that. Okay. Okay. And then... He is in 2005 Brokeback Mountain with Heath Ledger, directed by Ang Lee. Yes. I've never seen it. Um, and then same year, he's in Jarhead, which, is that movie good? Never seen it. Okay, I've always kind of wanted to see that movie. It looks interesting. Did you hit you? You hit uh, uh, Day After Tomorrow? He was in that I'm one, too. I'm not even there yet. Oh, no, I did pass it. Okay. 2004 Day After Tomorrow. I haven't seen that full movie. Oh, also, he... Um, he almost replaced Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 2 um, yep. because I guess to- there was something to do with like Tobey maybe not being able to reprise the role. And so um, it's kind of funny that now he's he was able to still be in a Spider-Man movie in a dis- different way. Kind yeah. of cool. Yeah, it is cool. Um, and if people at some point think that we're going over Jake for too long, suck it up. We're, I'm, I'm having a commentary on every movie, mm-hmm. just about every movie he's been in because he's one of my <laughs> okay. favorites. That, so in 2007, this is kind of crazy. So like 2001, he's in Donnie Darko. Six years later, he's in Zodiac. Only six? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Because he looks so young. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how old he is when he's in Donnie Darko or Zodiac, I guess. But just fantastic. Yeah. And Zodiac with Robert Downey Jr. And yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mark Ruffalo, among several other amazing actors. David Fincher movie. Great. Also a great book recommend the book. oh yeah i gotta read the book still written by jake Hall's character in real life robert graysmith um 
And then he's in Brothers, which I've heard is a really good movie that I think has Tobey Maguire in it. It does. And uh, Natalie Portman. And then we have, in 2011, Source Code. So that's a which pretty is a fun pretty movie. cool indie movie. It, it, that's a that's I really like uh, science fiction movies that are very contained. Yeah, very yeah, 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 contained yeah. science fiction. They they could have like global effects, but it's just so contained to like the specific area or thing or person. Yeah, that Love one's it. not like an amazing movie, but it's pr- it's a pretty fun popcorn. I wonder, like, I don't, twisty movie. I don't know if I've ever rewatched it, but I do. I did really like it. Yeah, isn't Vera Farmiga in that movie? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But let's. Nice call, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, Michelle Monaghan. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And then he's an end of watch the year after with um, Michael Pena. Michael from Pena. Ant-Man. And then in 2013, huge year. Yeah, for yeah. Jake. This is the enemy. He's in Prisoners. In Prisoners, yeah. And he's an enemy. So in, he's in. Wait. Denny came out with two movies in 2013. Yeah. I yeah. never realized but that. But I think Enemy didn't come out in the U.S. until 2014. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, people... Now, wait. H- hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I know you're, what you're going to say. Okay. But um, is do you think Enemy... What, what do you think is his best performance? Are you going to... Can you Like can his you best performance ever? Well, ever, recently ever. rewatched Prisoners, and yeah. it is just absolutely insane. But we're not done with okay, the okay, filmography. Okay, 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 okay. We're going over we're we're going over our uh, Marvel rankings today, but right now we're going through our Jake rankings. Yeah, well, and um, and Prisoners is is um one of the best movies that's come out this decade. One for of sure. the best. I I mean I would consider. I mean it's not a true story, but true crime. Let's just yeah, call it yeah. in that genre. And detective. Detective. Crime. Crime. One I of mean, the best I've ever seen. So like if anyone is really into that kind of stuff, you've probably already seen this movie, and if you haven't, huge recommend on our part. Personally, also, uh, controversial opinion, but I think it's Hugh Jackman's oh best gosh. role by a long shot. I think I can so hardly too. think of a second. I, I think so, too. Um, so, and then Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Oh, like, yeah, 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 He's yeah, my yeah. number two boy after Jake, and yeah. he is also very creepy and cool in this movie. Um, and then Enemy, you get to double the Jake because he true. sees his that's, doppelganger, that's and true. it's great. And also, though, a movie that is... Uh, Watch it when you're in a clear headspace and not feeling too depressed because Enemy? it will make you depressed no matter yeah, where you're at. Yeah, it's a weird It's it, a weird It movie. puts me in a weird place. Yeah. Um, and then the, the year after that, he is in Nightcrawler, which yes. famously, so then, so he's a Nightcrawler and then the year after that, he's in Southpaw. So famously, Nightcrawler, he loses a lot of weight. Not, not like Joaquin Phoenix Joker level a lot of weight. No, no. But he loses a lot of weight to get to look like he's um, constantly hungry and he looks like a wolf. Like that was what he was going yeah, for. Yeah. Because it, per- just, it, it perfectly symbolizes his character in that movie. See, that that was like a good use of it, I thought. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. That movie is so good. So then next year he's in Southpaw and he famously, so this is, you know, all within a year, he loses a ton of weight and then he gets crazy buff for Southpaw because he's a boxer. Yeah. Southpaw is another movie that it's not great, but it's it's fun if you like Jake Gyllenhaal. Like it's I still have never it's, seen it. It's pretty good. It's got Rachel McAdams too for Rachel but Heads. The the problem with uh, boxing movies, I mean, and I'm I'm not be, I'm being serious here is is it's like when you watch a boxing movie, you just think, oh, it's not Rocky. It's not a Rocky movie. If it's not a Rocky movie, it's kind of hard to live up to it because you just yeah. it's always compared to Rocky. Is it based on anything? No. Southpaw. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's not. Uh, no, I didn't mean to click on that. Oh no, she's in Amazon. 
wanted me to go to Disney Lego. Ah. Okay. So then same year Southpaw Everest, Everest which according yeah. to Mike is a great movie. I still really have not seen enjoy it. it. Really yeah. enjoy it. I've heard it's very exciting. Um, and then also the same year he's in Demolition. Not a great movie. Good performance Good by performance. Jake. Terrible performance by Naomi Watts. Watts. Yeah, what's she the does deal this with weird that? sexy voice thing over the phone, but I but that's not the character, if that no, makes it's, sense. It's, it's a dumb choice. I don't like that. Also, movie. the movie was a little boring. Yeah, I'm not me. a big fan of that director. He did Dallas Buyers Club and uh uh what's the one Chris with Chris Cooper's in it though. Yeah, Chris Cooper is in it. And when he's in it, he's in it. He he did Dallas Buyers Club and then um uh Wild. And I just his movies oh. just kind of missed the mark for me. I just don't I'm not really quite I'm always like a little bit detached from the story. The way he tells it just okay. doesn't quite work for me. Um yeah, I don't really have it. Up. I mean other than like I did like Dallas Buyers Club, but it, that is a kind of movie that I like. Who was rewatching that movie? No, no, no yeah. one's rewatching that movie. And even though, it's really good, and I think it is important. Yeah, and I thought I think that Matthew McConaughey did it. Matthew McConaughey and Jared, Jared Leto. Leto did a really good job, but no one's rewatching those. Yeah, and it is. I don't know. Yeah, you didn't like that movie. I mean, I liked it because of the it, like. I like the performances. I don't like the movie. And I don't like the story or anything. Like, I didn't really... Again, I don't really connect to it. That's how oh. all of his movies are. Okay, just I like, like that one because I just thought it was a story that needed to be told. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 2016, we have Nocturnal Animals. Yeah. And let's take... Because people are so interested in what I'm going over right now. Let's go into what uh, I thought about Nocturnal Animals. Yeah, let's First go. First movie ever directed by Tom Ford, the famous... Second one. Oh, second one. Sorry. Yeah. But he is a, a fashion designer. Yeah. Um... First of all, this is when I realized that Army Hammer is probably the most boring person that like he looks the most boring because he is so symmetrical and perfect. Yep, yep. There's, that it's not, like, there's no edge to him. Yeah, I'm pretty bored with him. And he then, can be really good, though. No, he I can mean, be great. Social he's, network. Amazing. Well, sorry, sorry to bother you, right? So, oh, but yeah, he look, yeah. he, he's like gross. He's disheveled. Finally, that, gross yeah. looking. This when he looks like nice, it's a little perfect. like, uh, OK. Yeah. So. This was a, after we saw it, I was like, man, Amy Adams sucked. This is so bad. And then I think you talked to Evan about yeah, it. And Evan, Evan said some things where I'm like, whoa. And I think I, someone, I, maybe my parents were watching it one day or something. And I was yeah. watching some of it. And I think I finally understood what it was. And you're mm-hmm. not supposed to like her. If yeah. that makes sense, you know? Like, I, I, I think, think she is the protagonist yeah, and you want to like her, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. once you have that epiphany of what's going on, yeah. it's like, oh, she did a, she did a, a really sucky thing. I, I think that movie falls into that funny category where I, I, and I think I'd like to, th- I'd like to think this happens very rarely, but I don't think when I walked out that I really got it. Totally. And then the more I thought about it and talked to people, the more I was like, oh, that is a really good movie. And yeah. I've wanted to watch it again. It's a really heavy movie, yeah. so it's hard to want to watch it. And I think that's why, like, for me, I didn't really like it when I originally watched it because I was like, it means something. I don't know what it means. And then it's just all this gross stuff happens, and now I just feel gross, and it makes me feel kind of mad. Yeah. That I, like, it's making me feel gross, if but, that but makes I, sense. I think it kind of falls into that category of movie that, like, whether you like it or you don't like it, at least it was challenging. Yeah. You know, whereas it's, it wasn't just, like, cookie cutter. It, totally. It's yeah. weird, and, and it... It challenges you to think. What like was if, the other movie Tom Ford did? He did um, An Ordinary Man or A Simple Man or something. It's a movie with uh, a Colin Firth. Man. A single man. Yeah. Hmm. Um, then 2017, Life. 
which Fun everyone movie. out there was watching an interview with Ryan Gosling and Jake Gyllenhaal promoting this movie, but you might have noticed they didn't promote the movie because they were having too much fun together. Yeah. <laughs> that they ne- that I don't I think they hardly talk about the movie. This movie is so scary. Seriously. I didn't find it so scary. I but. thought it was super scary, especially at the end when he's screaming at people not to come to the ship yeah and they look inside and that i think i think to me it and it just rarely happens the thing is perfect the thing does it better than any other movie Mm -hmm. but the the monster gore stuff was what really scared me and often that stuff doesn't scare me but this movie i don't know what it it just struck a chord well and do, do you know the whole thing about that what that movie was the ending was supposed to be I can't remember. So uh, this would have been really cool. It would it would have been the exact same ending, um, but the idea was that what they had got from space was the alien symbiote that um, becomes Venom. Oh, Venom. So it would have been like this oh. really elaborate movie that's its own story that then leads into and like without, it was gonna, no, they weren't gonna tell anybody. It was just gonna come out and people were gonna be like, kind of like a Cloverfield connection thing where you're like, hmm. oh, this is, that's venom and then it would like the guy who discovered it probably would have been venom you know it would have huh. been a different venom movie that we would have gotten yeah 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 um but it was a sony movie so there were even theories afterward where people were like oh is that what it is and then but sony like didn't didn't give them the rights or something like that oh, that's pretty interesting actually yeah uh, and then okja same year you get to see uh, i mean they don't i don't think they're in a scene together Paul Dano and Jake Gyllenhaal in a movie together again. Jordan's really oh, yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah, Oakshire's so good. I'm I don't. Not, Micah I, didn't really like, like it. I'll watch it again. I, I wasn't Okja. crazy about it. And then he's in Stronger, which is the Boston Marathon movie. Yeah. And then in 2018, he's in Wildlife. First movie directed by Paul, Paul Dano. Dano. <laughs> <laughs> Love that these boys are buds. <laughs> um, this movie is. Um, I think the longer that I've been away from it, the more I've actually liked it. I don't think I could ever rewatch it. It is yeah. way too sad for me. I didn't like it. Um, but I thought it was visually, it looked very nice. Yeah, I think, and I, as I've told you, but for the audience, I think the movie is a good movie. Yeah. I just don't like it. Yeah, I, I think don't that this, is, this movie was exactly what I expected from Paul Dano. Yeah. Pretty I can't slow, wait for him to make something else. A little boring. Based on my interviews, on interviews that I've seen with him, kind of seems like who that guy is but just such a good movie don't know if i'd watch it again though but i do recommend it um and then he's in sisters brothers yeah okay with joaquin and john c Riley. kind of a boring movie (laughs) don't think i'd recommend it to anyone and super weird and then he's in one of the worst movies mike and i've ever seen and we couldn't even finish velvet buzzsaw oh my gosh (laughs) directed by nightcrawler Nightcrawler, tony gilroy and this, this is probably one of the ugliest movies I've ever seen. It, it looked like it was a CW show. I don't know what was going on there. And he had he had um, Robert Ellswit, the one of the 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 guy who did the cinematography for There Will Be Blood, did the cinematography. You know what's dumb about so it? I don't know what happened. You know there. what's dumb about it? You know, I know. We also had Billy Magnuson in it. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. But it, it was just like. It's a movie about art, so they're really hammering hard. All these people in the art world, you got the flamboyant gay guy who is Jake, and then you have, um, I forget the other woman who's in it. Yeah, she was the girl who was in uh, Oh, Tony Collette's in it, and she's also just super eccentric and weird, and everyone's like a beat. But they're playing other. like caricatures. They're not like no, actually getting into the... that's what I'm getting at. Oh, they're playing okay, okay. caricatures, and this is what everyone expects from the art world, and I'm not even saying it's wrong for some people. Uh-huh. But it's like, 
the the caricature thing was just so so bad wait what do you mean wrong for some well, people because some people probably actually act like that oh who were in the art yeah, world. yeah yeah but, but it didn't feel didn't feel genuine but i don't and if someone's like yeah but that's what they were going for because it's the art world and no one is really genuine because it's all about money i'm not who wants to watch a movie like that no, they didn't pull that off. No. If that's what they were trying to pull Such off. Such a bad movie. And then we get to Spider-Man Far From Home. Thank yes. you for taking this Jake Gyllenhaal ride. That was Jordan's revenge for the long production notes I did on Captain also, Marvel. Also, Jake's just great. Yeah. And uh, then this is kind of interesting because uh, I, I uh, we forgot to look this up. But the voice of Edith oh, yeah. is um, a woman named Dawn Michelle King. And she is in two movies. She's in one uh, the first movie she's in is Dumb and Dumber when Harry met Lloyd and she is woman in that movie. And then in Spider-Man, she is Edith. I wonder if she... D- but um, oh. she is in the editorial department, first assistant editor on like a ton of the Marvel movies. So she's one of the oh. editor helpers. So they put her say, in the movie. I, I wonder if she like reads uh, like as a voice actress for like audiobooks. Maybe. But it sounds like maybe they're just like, hey, you want to do this? Or or yeah. maybe she was editing and just put in a filler voice or something. Yeah. I don't know. But that's what we got. And so that is Spider-Man Far From Home. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Okay. So the movie starts and we got... I think I do that every time we do something. Yeah, I go, probably. okay. So the movie starts and we're in Mexico. We're fading in. We see... Uh, 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 a mexican town blown to bits yeah and and we see uh, uh nick, nick fury, fury and kobe smolders kobe smolders maria hill that's maria the hill. character name and they're they're like what are we doing out here this is weird and but then, then nick says uh fury sorry says that people were describing that the storm had a face so then this, the, the, this wind monster comes up out of the ground. And then you also see this guy wearing a dome helmet head thing. They can't see his face. He looks like a magician. And the face fighting, comes off and it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Fighting the thing. And, and, and says, you're like, like, what are you doing Wow, here? I didn't think we'd get him this early. Yeah. And then it says, Spider-Man Far From Home. And then we hear Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. And we see a slideshow that basically made by a student yes that that does a smart thing for the movie because they they did have a lot of like the and you know as i i guess something to mention is as the movies have gone on online culture is bigger and as these movies go just in franchises like there's all these questions and things like that that people say on the internet and stuff and like if these movies were made 20 years ago i don't i think a lot of the stuff they wouldn't care about but people are so invested that they have to do some over-the-top expository information. I think this movie actually pulls off the ex- exposition they, they really well. They do it well. so well. Well, because I think you're getting into... So they have a slideshow, a memorial of um, Tony. and it's, All the Avengers that oh, died. Oh, actually, yeah, all the Avengers that died. Hilarious Shuttershock photos, pixelated photos, a lot of doves. Yeah, and, and Getty Images on Getty the last images. photo. Yeah, um, and then it's... Comic I, Sans font. <laughs> Comic Sans font, that's right. And then we have, I forget that girl's name, but... Uh, Betty Brandt. Betty Brandt and this other guy. Named and Jason. You know? Yeah, I looked at it this okay. time. <laughs> okay. Um, they do like the school news. Remember we had to do that in eighth grade? Yeah. I that's what I always that. think about I that. hated that so much <laughs> i hated that so did much did you have to be on camera everyone had to be on camera at one point really i don't everyone remember did. that were you never on camera 
I probably was. Everyone had to be on camera. And we watch it on Fridays. Yeah. I hated it with a burning passion. I, I hated it as much as. Do you think they have those anywhere? They have to, right? Do you think if we went in there and we said, hey, we, we went to school here, can we have this tape? I wonder if we can just or get them in the library. Or would we get arrested if we asked for I wonder that. if you called the Cascade Library. Yeah. If they can get them. That would be wild. Yeah. I would love I would to love to watch that. all of them. Not even just mine. Just all our of classes? Them. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, but I hated it as much as being forced to try out for the eighth grade school play. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jordan does not like to be in front of people. That's why she's behind a microphone right now. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, uh, so, sorry. They're like the, the school news anchors, and they, they go through talking about the blip, which was when everyone was, oblit- half of the, the universe was obliterated by Thanos, and they said it was for five years, and they explained so quickly and so simply that if you were blipped, you came back at the same age as when you were blipped. So, like, yeah. you didn't age five years, but everyone else aged five years who weren't blipped. Yeah, and I guess there was no school during that time because Brad's still at school. I'm kind of confused about that. So I guess well, he, for five well, years, technically he was, was five no years school. younger than everyone in that class. Uh, but wouldn't he just be the same age as them? No, because he was not blipped. Yeah, but I thought he was in their class. No, he became in their class because, oh. like, think about it. Because I I remember the first time we saw, it, I was pretty confused because they do do it so quickly. Yeah. But if you think about it... I thought the implication was he's like 22 now because he looks older than all of them. So it was like he was their age and then he wasn't blipped. He lived five years and I guess there's been no school. But there was school because remember when they showed the the little footage of oh, yeah. the band, like half of the band, school band, like being obliterated and then them coming back during a basketball game. Well, it's certainly less problematic that he's into MJ if he's under 18. So that's... That's true. That makes me feel a little bit yeah. better. Yeah, <laughs> well, because I was thinking, because um, to remember when uh, Flash Thompson had, had I'm the gonna champagne. I'm going to look up how old he is. Yeah, sure. When Flash Thompson had the champagne on the flight and he's bragging about it and Zendaya says like, that that kid's still 16 because he was blipped for five years, but he's still 16. He, he's not 21 now. Yeah. When the other guy was not blipped and he was, so that would make him 11 when uh-huh. the blip happened and now he's 16 because okay. he was not blipped which means he is now in their class okay it, it's it's super weird to think about because it's yeah. just not a thing that exists yeah so it's pretty confusing so i think i think the year okay so on on marvel cinematic universe wiki it says brad was born somewhere between july 2007 to december 2007 uh and then the movie takes place in 2021 so that would mean he's 14 well Well, i guess he doesn't have to be in their class yeah they're on a school trip right like does it have to be their grade yeah i guess he's i i guess you're right you're right that guy's not 14 yeah no no i think (laughs) you you can like i don't think they actually have the information on here you know how sometimes yeah anyway so all i'm trying to say is is (laughs) that guy was not blipped and that's why he's older Right, I and got that. And that's why he was the example that was used. Right, I got I got that. I just thought that he, yeah, I, I already explained it. Anyway, were you either thinking way, that, it's funny. Were you thinking that beforehand he's always been in their class? I thought that, let's say they're freshmen. Yeah. <laughs> this is just going to be about Brad. This is the Brad <laughs> episode. That Brad was, say he's 15, everyone gets blipped at 15. He lives till he's 20, and there's, I guess, been no school, because he looks so much more mature than everyone else. I think that's just a, and then, a thing. And then they all come back, and they're all 15, and he's 20 now. 
and now he's a 20 year old in their freshman class no no it's just unfortunately he the, he did that guy does not look 16 okay the actor does not look 16 well but i'm okay he if is he 16. is so the idea is I mean, Tom he was Holland 11 doesn't look 16 right so the so the implication is he was 11 when the snap yeah. happened that's how okay. i understood it that makes more sense and i still like that he looks older because it's pretty funny looking when yeah. he pops up well, and like the funniest says hey part is that he's hot now yeah Okay. okay. I, I think that's like the <laughs> I think I big was joke. way overthinking <laughs> that. Okay. I was the first time we watched it too. I remember in the movie, I'm like, what is that? And I'm going to be figuring this out the whole movie. Well, <laughs> and, and uh, I guess this leads into something else uh, th- to talk about is that, you know, homecoming was like a high school um, comedy, you know, based on like John Hughes stuff. This is like a road trip comedy movie. And it's so funny. Yeah. Th- this is like right up there with guardians for like funny level like i yeah the first time i saw it, i was laughing like the whole movie yeah I-, I couldn't really believe it and then i had to get up and go to the bathroom and there were girls sitting next to us and they totally laughed at me because i had to go twice i think during the movie and i was like sorry that i have such a small bladder i didn't say that to them i didn't speak to them but it was kind of scary don't laugh at people if they have to go to the bathroom multiple times in a movie yeah sometimes well, it just happens micah if that's like one bad ex- theater experience you have uh-huh. in the last year I consider you lucky. <laughs> I have wor- I have bad ex- theater experiences almost every time I go to the theater. And <laughs> can, we go to the theater a lot, can Micah. We, can we tell them about Dr. Sleep? Yeah. We're, Mike and I are <laughs> seeing Dr. Sleep, and it's great because the movie's about, well, the trailers are about to start. Yeah. And no one's sitting by us. Yeah. It's great. I'm like, oh, finally? Is it finally going to work to where I don't have to sit by anybody? Because I always have to sit next to somebody. And, and usually, I usually don't. Usually the people smell really bad. And ever since they introduced beer into Cinemark, which I don't really have a problem with, but someone always smells like beer and sweaty. Mm-hmm. And it's they're always sitting next to me and I have to smell it the whole time, covering my nose, trying to breathe, trying to enjoy a movie. And then, so we're here. And right as the trailers start, these two girls come and sit next to me. And I'm like, and, and I know this might be a little ridiculous, but sometimes I'm like, oh, their girls will probably be fine. For some reason, uh-huh. guys to me, like guys I see on their phone more yeah, than girls okay. in movies. Um, Which people? It's just 10 years ago, you wouldn't even had your phone at the theaters. Just turn it off. Yeah. Seriously, just turn it off. There's no reason to keep your phone open. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, maybe they'll like, they'll actually like shut up about Mm -hmm. it. But of course, Dr. Sleep is technically horror because it's Stephen King, you know, and horror movies just attract the worst audiences. That's so true. So, you know, they're here, they have their popcorn and they're just talking the whole time. And it's like, oh yeah. Wow. Ah. They're not even talking to each other. They're just talking out yeah, loud. And then, and then she's on her phone, and I didn't yeah. notice it for a while, but I keep hearing crinkling of of the like wrappers because they brought in a, a bunch of food. But before that, they had popcorn sitting between <laughs> them, and the, I just look, I'm looking at it, and the box of popcorn just falls over, and they are just kind of like, oh oh okay it like fell onto the floor and then they're they're like getting it and And then they were like so they took out a box and they're crinkling for all of the candy and then after whenever they're done they were they just threw the can they just threw the wrapper on the floor they just threw it but like the most nonchalant throw i've ever seen like this person litters when they're driving oh kind of kind of throwing but remember she took her phone she had it out she was texting of course and she pulled up something and she put the light up next to what she was looking at so she could read like the nutritional value, which yeah. you shouldn't be concerned about that when you're watching a movie. And so I said to Jordan, I'm like, do you want to switch? And 
Jordan had a kind of a loss of expression, and she was like, I, I don't know, no. And yeah. I go, I go, let's just move, because the theater wasn't very full. And she's like, are you sure? And I go, I'll go look and see if there's a spot. If I don't return in, or like, you know, two seconds, then we'll stay here. And I get up, and right behind us, there's like a way, a, a spot that's not as good of a spot, but there's no one, there, there's someone sitting there, and they were a little alarmed when I came and sat down, because there's always violence in theaters these days, unfortunately. Yeah. Not always, but. The threat of. You know, I think he was kind of like, what's this guy doing? These are assigned seats. And I kind of sit down, give him a little wave. I almost told him, and then I thought that'd be really distracting. <laughs> and then Jordan came over, sat down, and we watched the rest of the movie in peace. I th- the, the biggest problem was just that this movie was so long, two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Which is too long. And for we were this only half hour movie. into the movie, and it was yeah. like, Jordan will be, even if the movie is like a 10 out of 10, she will have wished she'd have stayed home, and I want you to enjoy yourself. I wish people like that would stay home. Clearly... That, like why i just feel like that's a waste of money for a movie goer like I don't that know. don't I, you think because they're buying the ticket for the <laughs> movie get it. and then they're i mean i'm assuming you know based on what i was seeing these people when they go to the movies they always buy concessions which is a giant drink a giant thing of popcorn and several things of candy that is so, so much spending, money you know, that is so much money to come to the movie and then to just like not really watch it yeah i don't know that's such a waste of money it's it's crazy um so then uh, we find out that <laughs> Peter Parker has a plan for MJ. He has this whole romantic plan. And this begins w- what I've said in a Homecoming episode and what they really nail in this. The key to a good Spider-Man story is, say it with me, you have to pit him up against doing regular human things. People are saying this with you. And responsibilities and then his hero duty and his responsibility to he- being a hero. What I like is that did There's, you say it with me, Mike? <laughs> I, what I like is that they didn't um, explain how he jumped from liking the girl from the last movie to Zendaya or MJ. Yeah. Because in the last movie, it was like, he liked that girl so much. And usually oh, yeah. in movies, it's like, okay, she's the one, you know, that's just how movies go. And then now he likes MJ and it's like, cool, it's high school. We also know the name MJ and Peter Parker so that you don't have to spend too much time describing why he likes her. Yeah. There's... W- you know, 60 years of comic books. We get it. Um, And then we see him and Aunt May at the homeless shelter that I believe Aunt May runs. And Jon Favreau's there. And there's a little something-something going on between Aunt May and Jon Favreau. And we see that um, Aunt May is extremely hip in this movie. She's like, she's like cool. Hip is the wrong word. They made her hot. And it's so stupid. It's very weird to me. It's just not, hashtag not my Aunt May. Yeah. Uh, I like my Aunt May. She can be cool because Rosemary Harris was cool in all the yeah. Spider-Man movies, but it's just, the Aunt May there's and, something weird the about Aunt it. The Aunt May in Spider-Verse is cool too. She's way cool. I can't, I, I, I expected her at the end of that movie to turn into a Spider-Man. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and if that happens in a future Spider-Verse movie, I might do a fist bump. Yeah. Probably. Because that Spider-Verse was a fist bumper movie. But yeah, no, Marissa Tomei is just... I mean, we talk, we've talked about this in Homecoming, I guess. Yeah. I don't really have energy to talk about it anymore. Bad casting. Yeah. Um, Love Marissa Tomei. Terrible casting. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we have that... So Peter's getting ready to leave, and Aunt May throws a banana at him. It hits him in the face, and she says something about Peter Tingle. Yeah. Spidey Famously sense. Spidey Sense. Um, I know that the writers just thought it was funny, and it, and it kind of comes around to some good jokes throughout. Yeah. And uh, there was such an emphasis on spider Spidey sense in Spider-Verse. I wonder if maybe that was part of it. Well, I, don't I think know. it's just it's a big part of Spider-Man. Yeah, And they're you're like, right. hey, we haven't mentioned this yet in our universe. Yeah. So. 
So yeah, so then it's the day of their trip. They're going to Venice. And this is when Peter starts his whole plan to try to get to sit next to MJ. And then, of course, it backfires on him. And uh, Ned ends up sitting next to... Her name's Betty. Yeah. Betty. And then uh, MJ sits next to the now hot guy. Brad. Brad. Um, And then we're introduced to... What's that one guy's name? Not Martin Starr, the other guy. Oh, J.B. Smooth. J.B. Smooth, uh, comedian. Uh, yeah. We're introduced to his character, which was he in the last movie? I don't think so. No, no okay, he so wasn't. he introduced to him. He's already super funny because Martin Starr is also introduced, reintroduced, and he's saying like, "You want the first shift or the se- first shift or the second shift?" And J.B. Smooth is like, "Give me the third shift. I got Dramamine, all this stuff. He's just gonna <laughs> yeah. be sleeping the whole time." So it's like, cool. He's and he's, fun. He's funny. Him and Martin Starr have a really funny comedic energy. Yeah. I mean, they're both comedians, so yeah. they're playing off each other, and then. Then JB Smoove has this like witchcraft thing throughout the, the movie. Where do you he, remember? Did he, you notice at one point when he has the Edith glasses on? Okay, yeah. he's reading the history of witchcraft. Yeah, and he's like upset. He he has like a witchcraft past or something, and he's like, as a man of science, I think witchcraft is happening. That's yeah. how he's like coping with this Marvel world. Well, it's just funny because a guy of science is is coping with medieval method, medieval ways of thinking. <laughs> yeah. But then, so this is the new dark ages. The new says. dark ages, yeah, super funny. So then Martin Starr. So Peter ends up sitting next to Martin Starr, and Martin Starr in the first movie was very funny. Um, classically martin Starr is a very low energy person mm-hmm. apart from his character of guilfoyle from silicon valley like he is very low energy monotone yeah this movie he is the opposite it's very and funny. it's so he does such a good job and it's like cool i hope he does more zany things which yeah. whatever he does next <laughs> but he it's so funny because he's peterson next to him and he says like do you hear about my wife pr- pretending that she got blipped and I uh, went to, she ran off with a guy that she goes hiking with. Yeah. And we did the we fake, fake funeral. funeral. Well, well, the, the funeral, funeral was real. Fake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't fake. It was so funny. And uh, that was like a thing where it's like Spider-Man wanted to be with a girl. He gets caught up in a stupid thing with his principal. Classic Spider-Man. Good True. writing again. Uh, then we're, we arrive in Venice. Really cool. Cause Jordan and I went to Venice on our honeymoon mm-hmm. and uh, they see the Rialto bridge mm-hmm. and St. Is it St. Peter's or St. Mark's Basilica that's in uh, there remember. and there's there's st mark's square yeah it's st mark's basilica okay. and there's st mark's square and we're like whoa we've been there that's really cool um and then um, and you see in the background well hold on just hold okay, on one okay, second. Okay, okay, okay. uh remember when ned is telling peter you don't want to be with a girl we're going to be single american men in europe this is our oh, time yeah, to yeah, talk to european girls and then throughout the flight him and betty got into a relationship yeah, and it's very high school where they call each other babe and wait up and they're always and thinking that they're so stuff. mature about it. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, Ned is like MVP of the movie. Like his performance is really, really funny. Yeah. His his timing and like deliveries are crazy yeah. funny. Um, but in, in Venice, it's really cool. If you look in the background, keep your eyes peeled. There's a scene where I think it's right after Peter buys the Black Dahlia um, or as, right as before for those, MJ. Yeah. And you see Jake Gyllenhaal in the background, just his side profile. Mm-hmm. So he's like there scoping out the territory, getting ready for the Mysterio attack of Venice. Yes. And I was noticing too, there's a few times in this movie where extras just look a little off or they're watching Spider-Man. Like in in that scene where he's talking to Mary Jane, before the guy with the roses walks up to them, there's a guy. I noticed that. A guy looking who, like, at him. Kind of staring. And I think yeah. he's in Mysterio's I crew. noticed that too. And then also when um, in Prague, when... Um, Mysterio and Peter are at that bar. 
Yeah. At the scene starts. I remember it's a super wide shot that that zooms in for a long time on them. Yeah. Um, they're the woman sitting really close to the camera. Yeah. Is part of it. Yes. Yeah. Because I was, I was like, they're. I just thought it was so odd. Usually they don't. The cameras are not that close to extras for that long. I know. I thought it was a little odd. And I'm it's like, weird. oh, that makes sense. But as as the movie goes on, and the second time you watch it, you kind of see that they're like. There's some extras throughout the movie in different yes. locations that just don't quite look like extras. Yes. And they, they attract a little bit of your attention as a viewer. And that's a pretty cool touch yeah. that I think re- that elevates the movie to like, oh man, there's like another interesting Helps with rewatchability. Element. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And so then this water monster comes out and uh, um, Peter hadn't brought his Spider-Man suit with him. He and did. so It's in the hotel though. Yeah, um, so I met with him literally, but, uh, okay. he throws on a little like mask from Venice and he's trying to help this Mysterio guy mm-hmm. takes him a while. They're able to stop this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then they're meeting with the kids. Um, and everyone's looking online, looking on their phones, on their computers. And they're like, who was that guy? And yeah. people are calling him Mysterio. And yeah, then- yeah. And, and what, what I thought is interesting in this movie they play out Mysterio just long enough that even though I had read many Mysterio comics, I was kind of like, hmm. Is he who you thought he was? Yeah, I'm like, is this a different version of the character I yeah. don't know? Or, and and I know some people are probably like, that's stupid, Micah. He's just a villain. You know that he's, I mean, I knew he was the villain, but I was like, maybe they're going to do something weird where he's not the villain. And then like the next movie, he's the villain. like Or yeah. something weird like yeah. that. Because they play it out just long enough that you're like, okay, I guess... I guess he's a good guy. And Jake Gyllenhaal plays it pretty well. He doesn't like, he's not like overplaying his hand until we know he's a bad guy. Yes. He's doing actually a really good performance. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I didn't, I expected that from him. No, no, but, no, but no, you're right. Like there's some depth to the, this performance. And as a Spider-Man fan, it was exciting to see Mysterio. He's a really classic villain. And when they announced him, I'm like, I'm not really sure how they can pull off Mysterio. Cause that's like a tough thing to not be just a cheesy, crappy villain. Yeah. Cause it's cool in the comic really books, but it does feel like a Scooby-Doo. Like we pulled off the mask and they're like, if it wasn't for a Spider-Man, we would have gotten away Meddling with it. Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. So, so, they're in Venice. That all happens, and then Nick Fury. The whole this whole time up to this point, Nick Fury's been trying to get a hold of Peter, and Peter's been ghosting him. Yeah, because he just wants to have a summer vacation, and then of course because it's Fury, he, he just goes, wants to be a He goes kid. to Venice, and he makes Peter come with him to this area where like Shield is like yeah, and and also Mysterio's there, and they're like Peter, you you need to do this and thing when, for us. When he takes him there. They get on a boat and they go by this place that Jordan and I walked by every single yeah. day when we were in Venice yeah. uh, for four days. And that is pretty cool. I'm yeah. like, oh, man, if you just walk past that bridge, there's that little ca- cafe we would yep. go to. And then ugh, I still feel like I could kind of get around in Venice if we, if we went there right Most away. stressful city to ever navigate the first time you're there, though. Yeah. But once you have a little bit of a routine, we were there just long enough that I'm like, OK, I could like find St. Mark's Basilica and stuff like that. Yeah, I love it. Oh, it's the coolest city yeah. on earth. Currently, it is flooded. 85% of it's flooded. Um, anyway, so Fury is telling so Fury or no, sorry, Peter officially meets Mysterio, Quentin Beck. Mm-hmm. And he is being, he's learning about all these elementals. And then he also learned that Quentin Beck is from a different, di- different version of earth and his earth were killed, was obliterated by these elementals. And now they're showing up here and he's here to help them. Yada, yada, yada. Peter, you have to help. 
And what I thought was smart about the the kind of twist about Mysterio, even though we knew kind of, was that when they did bring him in, the way he said that to Peter Parker, I thought like, oh, they messed up the timeline in Endgame, and that's why he's here. That's what I thought. Like Interesting. something yeah. happened that like branch timelines. He's an alternate. They're opening up the multiverse. This is the movie that does it. Yeah. And then as the movie goes they on, even you're say like, multiverse. You're like, oh, they didn't. They didn't. They kind of tricked me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so, so Peter declines uh-huh. and is like, I can't. I just. I really got to go on this trip. Uh-huh. And then the next morning you find out that their trip has been upgraded and they're going to Prague, which is where they needed to go. Cause uh-huh. that's where the next elemental is going to show up. So fury is behind all of this and they go to Prague and they're going to go to this night festival. And then not only that, I know I'm skipping some over some yeah. stuff, but they've also been upgraded to go to the opera, which um, is going to protect his students. His, well, you did uh, skip the classmates. bus thing did. with, I know with the did. glasses. Okay. So go ahead. You can go ahead with that. So uh, Peter gets at the glasses um, from, Tony. from Tony, the Edith glasses, even even dead, I'm the hero glasses from Tony. And uh, that's the acronym. And he has like state-of-the-art defenses. And it's basically Tony saying, you're the new me. Like you, you have the responsibility. I know you can do this. And um, as he's going, he gets caught like getting a new suit from this girl. And it looks like he's having like a sexual encounter in yeah. a random spot. And Brad With takes some a photo. Weird European woman. Yeah. And this is where the like road trippy like kind of... Um, uh, what is it like animal house lampoon yeah lampoonness influence comes into the movie because they're on this bus and then he has the glasses on and he's trying to figure out how to delete the information on brad's phone and we see that flash thompson has a text that's about his mother like where's my mother is she gonna be home and it says like no and then which i'll get to at the end of this and then uh Flash Thompson sees the glasses and he's like, "Hey, these are really cool nice." Glasses. And and he puts them on, but but uh, he uh, Spider Man had accidentally done a drone strike, and so then he accidentally like punches Flash kind of. And before he does that, Flash goes, "No, I was genuinely paying you a compliment." Very funny. Puts him on, kind of hijinks ensue. He stops this drone from killing Brad, and then he's able to delete the photo before MJ gets it. Now we're in Prague. And now you take over. I won't do it. Uh, I don't know. My, oh, yeah. So then they go. So then they've been upgraded to the opera. And no one wants to go. But it's going to. But Peter's orchestrated it so that his classmates will be safe from what's about to happen. So they go to this op- four-hour opera. Yeah. And that's when um, MJ asks Peter if he wants to sit by her. Yeah. And it's like, finally, Peter's going to get his moment. He's going to sit by MJ. They're going to share opera glasses. And right before the the show starts, he has to leave. And it's just this that is, is like a heartbreaking the moment. acting. Tom Holland's acting is so good in this scene because you can just feel that he so badly wants to do it. But Nick Fury is yelling in his ear like, are you in position? Yeah, because it's like and he, he has and the a girl, responsibility. MJ wants to sit by him and yeah. have um, have the opera glasses. And it's just like that is what a spy again. That's a Spider-Man story. Yeah. Like, he just wants to be normal, but he can't. And then they fight the big fire and elemental. MJ leaves the opera. Ned and Betty leave the opera. It's like, oh, he went to the light show. Let's go to the light show. So then Betty and Ned are in a uh, Ferris wheel. MJ's trying to find Peter. Elemental shows up. Everyone's running out of the area. Betty and Ned are stuck in the uh, Ferris wheel. And I know they, some cool cinematography in this scene. And I love the design of the elemental. A little more like 
practical looking than I would expect this scene to look. Okay. Like some of the fire is definitely it's very real. Cool shots. Yeah, that's it's hard to describe. The the, the action in this movie cuz we're kind of used to what Marvel action looks yeah. like. And I would say each scene kind of looks better than the last in terms of the action until the last sequence is like, "Oh, this is actually this isn't just like, oh, this is fine action, whatever. Let's just get through this to the end. Like the last act of the movie in London is actually a really well-crafted action sequence. Yeah. That's interesting. Like yeah. it holds my interest the whole time, which I cannot say for probably 85% of the Marvel movies. The last scene, I'm always kind of like, okay, whatever. I don't really care. Let's totally. get through it. Yeah. It's and been this one holds the whole time. Me. Yeah. For this movie. Um, yeah. So, uh, sorry spider spider-man is fighting the thing mysterio shows up is also fighting this the thing um and it's getting powerful and powerful as it touches metal so they're trying to figure out a way to not do it, it gets to a point where mysterio is like i need to do what i should have done last time yeah which you're just like oh he's gonna sacrifice himself so he he drives himself through the heart of the beast pretty much yeah and it destroys it and they win and he's still fine he's alive and there's that cool shot where Spider-Man shoots a web and it hits nothing in the air and he pulls it. Yeah. And then this like piece of a drone falls off that we find out yeah. later. Yeah. That's important. So yeah, so they win. Um, Fury has another anecdote, another going to Peter's up into Peter's face and is like, I don't think Tony was right picking you. You haven't proven yourself. Mm -hmm. Blah, 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 blah. You're just a kid. So yeah. then, of course, so even though they win, Peter's just like, I don't want this. Like there's yeah. a... A, you know, he's not ready to like take those responsibility. He's a 16 year old kid in high school, just trying to like have a vacation. Yeah. And he's talking to Mysterio about this. And Mysterio was like, you know, like you should get the girl. That is what you want. That's what you should do. So then Peter's like, you know what? I think you're supposed to be the top Avenger. Yeah. Please take these glasses. And Mysterio's like, no, they're yours. Tony gave them to you. And Peter's like, I think Tony gave me the decision to make who it would be. Yeah. Cause he trusts, he would trust what my decision would be. So, in a in a you know a roundabout way, Mysterio did manipulate him oh, into yeah. giving him the glasses. So then Peter leaves, and he's like, you know, you can just see like weight off his shoulders. He's gonna go enjoy the rest of his vacation. Yeah, and then one and then of the, the bar melts away. The, the bar starts to pixelate away. Yeah, and a lot of the people start to pixelate away, and you know, and then you Jake's see, sitting there with his fingers up, and he's like, like to and wait cut like we got it like yeah. here we go yeah um and it's like it's one of those scenes where i feel like it really shouldn't work this next scene it's so cheesy yeah but it and the music is cheesy too yeah yeah but it's it's cheesy in the way that like like i said in the end game episode because i'm editing it right now and i'm hearing myself say it so many times it, it like falls into the like cap fighting cap and professor hulk where it's like if we have not got to a point where we can enjoy a scene like this then, what has this then, all been about? <laughs> then Marvel was pointless because this is like thrilling to me. Yeah. And then we see that like this was a whole plan and these are all ex-Tony Stark workers who he has screwed. Specifically, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character created this hologram. That they use at the beginning of Civil War. Yeah. That he acronyms um, barf. Tony acronyms BARF. And then there's and like And then a he fires, he fires <laughs> Mysterio for being um, unstable. Yeah. And then, like, throughout, then you see that one of the, like, the right-hand mans to Mysterio is in Iron Man 1. Yeah, he's in the first And Jeff Bridges is, like, movie. yelling at him about not doing something right. Yeah, William is his name. Yeah. And then this other girl who's, like, the costume designer. And then this brings up kind of an interesting thing that I can't take all the way. But I think the movie has 
um, that I saw pointed out funny enough in an honest trailer for the movie. It has this kind of um, allegory about filmmaking. So like Jake Gyllenhaal's the director, the one girl, she's the um, she's the costume designer, as you pointed out. You have that the, other guy's got to be special effects. He's special effects and and all of that stuff. And then in this scene, Jake Jake says, um, what does he say? He says, you can be the smartest guy in the room, but no one will listen to you unless you have a cape or yeah. shoot lasers out of your hands, which kind of, you can see how like, Martin Scorsese wants to make a movie. Uh, maybe that's a bad example because of the yeah, whole maybe controversy. Yeah, don't use him as an example. But, but a famous director wants to make a movie. Well, it doesn't really get a big release, and people are like, yeah, whatever, I don't really want to see it. But then Taika Waititi or something like gets to do Thor Ragnarok, and everyone's like, Taika Waititi's a genius because he did Thor Ragnarok because he shot lasers out of his hands, and he's got this, whereas like... Taika Waititi's best work is not even like all of his movies are better than Thor Ragnarok that I've seen. So there's this interesting commentary but if he didn't on do that, like, it's the like superhero. Because Taika's always been cult. Yeah. Like cult following. Now he's mainstream following. Mm-hmm. And it's like, would he ever be able to be mainstream following yeah. without a Marvel movie? And it, yeah, it's just because now it's almost like a Marvel movie is like a rite of passage. Like uh-huh. you haven't, quote, made it as a director until you've done a Marvel movie. And so. It's it's a really interesting out they they pointed that out in the honest trailer so that's not like my idea but watching it you're like yeah that's kind of like an upset filmmaker who wanted to make something great um not that marvel movies aren't great but like, like they, Edgar they wanted Wright to probably do, wanting to make a better ant-man yeah or or like someone just wanting to make like a good indie movie and then they have to like make a marvel movie so that they can like tell a story and like trick an audience into like seeing a movie that's actually about African culture. Yeah. Uh, when when they had to like make a Black Panther movie to do that. Yeah. And, and stuff like that, which is so fascinating. And I think it brings a really interesting facet to this movie. Yeah. Um, and so... So you, he, he tells them what their plan has been all along and what from there on it continues to be, which is the end goal is that Mysterio will become the top Avenger. Yeah. And, and it, this scene's really cool because the way they shot it, there's like some black and white scenes and it they like pause on photos and like zoom in and it just has this really cool kind of retro like 90s throwback yeah. vibe to it that's super cool. Yeah. And then kind of to power through here a little bit, we, MJ and Peter Parker go to a bridge and they discover that um, Mysterio is MJ who he finds out he is. Peter Spider-Man. Yeah, she she finds that. And then out. they see the projector, and they're like, "This has all been a ruse the whole time." Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they find out next day they they're going to London. Yeah, they have to go to London before they go home. That's yeah. So then they get to London, and then Brad has a moment because Peter's not there anymore. Yeah, again, and Brad has a moment. Where he's like, "Guys." Is no one going to talk about this truth? Is no one going to talk about how Peter just keeps leaving? He has family in Germany apparently now, and he's just we're just fine with him leaving. Yeah, and he I he was in the I saw him in the bathroom with this woman and yeah. back in Prague, and are we just not going to talk about how weird he's being? And then MJ's like, let's talk about your truth, Brad. How come we're taking pictures of people in the bathroom? Yeah. And then Martin Starr's just like, yeah, Brad, you shouldn't be doing that. And then JB Smoove says something like, okay, I'm going to be the cool teacher. We got to talk about why you're doing this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So then they're all loaded onto a double-decker bus. And one of the guy, the guy who is driving the bus is on Quentin's team. Yeah. But pause before we will come back to that because we don't want to skip the... um, Yes. That Peter Parker goes to Nick Fury and he's like, okay, Mysterio wasn't who he said he was. Yes. But it was all set up by 
Mysterio, and we have this amazing sequence in the movie that's crazy visual effects, and I love that they just go full on like cartoony and dream crazy sequence. dream sequence where he's like falling down hallways, and there's like a globe of New York that turns out to be Mysterio's face, and it's very horror horror shots at some point, yeah, and then and you, you see, see like, Iron Man as a zombie coming out of his grave. And he's basically saying, like, you're not good enough, Peter. You never were. Like, you're always just going to be a pale imitation of Tony Stark. Like, you're nothing. And I'm sorry I have to do this to you, but I have to. And then Mysterio's walking up to him, and he and Spider-Man's about to get him, or Mysterio's about to get him, and then Nick Fury shoots him. And Spider-Man's like, oh, thank goodness. And then Nick Fury melts away, and it's Mysterio. And he's like, that is so easy. And then a train goes by, hits Spider-Man, and he gets stuck in the Netherlands. Yes. And he wakes up in a prison to some of the nicest people in the world who stay in the prison after he breaks out. Jail, rather. Very funny. Happy picks him up, and they have a really great moment. Great acting. Tom Holland Mm -hmm. again. Great acting. Marvel's dad, John Favreau. Mm -hmm. Um, It's cool to see him. You know, I don't know how involved he's going to be as the future goes, but he directed Iron Man 1, and to see him, like, at the end of Phase 3, like, helping pass the baton from Tony to Spider-Man... Because I feel like that whole sequence on the jet is like, you're the leader of the Avengers now. And what's cool, too, is he has this little moment where he's like, you know, Tony was my best friend. And I saw him go through some really terrible stuff. And he had to make some really hard decisions. And then that's all to go through. Then he starts watching Peter having to make similar hard decisions now. And he mm-hmm. can see he's like a, he's has a proud look on his face. Not in a dad way, but in a friend way. Yeah. As he sees Peter start to be like, okay, I'm going to take control. And yeah, I'm going and this to, is, you know, the, yeah. the, 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 the emotional climax for Spider-Man. And now he's like, okay, we got to save my friends. I'm going to be able to do this. He makes a new suit in the jet. They fly away to some ACDC music, which he confuses with Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. which is cool. Cause ACDC is Iron Man. And then, they, oh yeah. They, yeah. They go to New York. I think it's the first song that plays in Iron Man as well as that song back in really? black. Pretty sure. Uh, definitely. Yeah. And then, uh. They fly to London. They have this big final fight. Um, and as they're doing it, it's what's really cool, the visual effects are really cool. And and what I love about rewatching the movie is some of the stuff that doesn't look that realistic. You're like, but even in the world that we're watching this in, it's not it's realistic. Not. And what's cool is you see Mysterio fighting this elemental that is comprised of all of the elements. So it's like, oh, it's the big guy of all big guys. And they have a, Quentin has a conversation with his people beforehand where he's like, it needs to be here and it needs to be this big. And yeah. people are like, there's going to be more casualties that happens. And he's like, that's perfect. We need more casualties. We need an Avenger level threat. Mm-hmm. And then before that, they uh, make sure that no Avengers are available to go. So yeah. it's only Mysterio who can do it. Which is just, it's good because it ties that little bow up. So you're not questioning like, how come Doctor Strange wouldn't show up? Mm-hmm. Stuff yeah. like that. So then um, you see Mysterio fighting this thing, this elemental, but he's actually not fighting it. He's not flying around. He's on this bridge in his VFX suit. Yeah. Like directing everything. Yeah. And really like, cool. He's, he's like, I need a line, line, line. And his, some a guy who's been writing the script gives him a line and he tells Oh yeah, Fury, the screenwriter. Screenwriter, cool. <laughs> and he tells Fury a line, and he's doing that throughout. And then you see at one point he says, I forget the exact line that he says, but he says something, and Nick looks at Maria, this look it's on like, his face, like that doesn't sound right. Yeah, that's like something's well, off he, he here. He says, he says, now that's, that's some bullshit. Yeah, and then <laughs> and it's Sam Jackson saying that is music to my ears. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't remember if it's right before that or after that when um John Favreau calls Nick, and he's like. 
something starts talking about a surfboard and then he's like not everything's as it seems not everything looks as it seems and fury's like what is he talking about but of course he knows what he's talking about it's a coded message and then um peter is dropped out of the plane and goes into the elemental because it's all it is is just drones projecting yeah and he he destroys inside is so cool so cool and then he destroys the, the the projections yeah and, and all of this, they do like these cool drone shots that are like connected yes. to Spider-Man or connected to the drone. So they have that w- weird, smooth movement. Yeah. Um, all of that is pretty inventive and looks really fascinating. And and you're doing those little things like he has little issues to solve throughout the, the yes. fights, you know, so it makes it interesting. The kids are trapped in a tower. Um, well, like in a museum. Because yeah. their drones coming after him, they're gonna kill him, and Favreau's with them at that point. Um, because they're he's like, I need to take you guys onto this plane. The plane the plane gets blown up by the projectors. Yeah. Or the yeah. So then they they go into a museum. Yeah. Um, and then continue fight sequence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just becoming more challenging. Peter, it's not just obviously strength. There is a moment where he has to like mathematically kind of figure things out too like methodically yeah. and there's and then, that cool scene where he he's out of web mm-hmm. and so he has to like use the sonar yes. like boost and fly in and like do all this cool stuff that like looks visually really cool they yes. use slow motion in an interesting cool way well i mean a normal way but it just like yeah. really pops and then he finally gets to mysterio on the bridge on the bridge and they have their whole little you know last few moments and then mysterio tries to like create a weird a weird sequence again and then the music goes away and spider-man breathes heavy and he goes doesn't he say come on peter tingle something like i don't know and maybe. then he like jumps and it's really cool because because there's it's he's nothing. jumping on like drones and stuff but, but they're not there yeah. until he like rips them down yeah and then he gets mysterio and then mysterio tries to shoot him he r- pulls out his hand because mysterio is actually standing behind him yeah not in front of him yeah and then he gets shot by a drone mysterio gets shot by a drone yeah and he looks at him and he's like is this real and with, with, with the edith, edith glasses because he gets his, the glasses back and Edith says this is real yeah and then probably my favorite line last line in yes. the entire universe um is when quentin's as he's dying i because i think peter says like we know what what is this all for and yeah. then quentin I says have the line if you don't remember it well quentin says people want to believe and nowadays they'll believe anything yeah and that's great yeah and it kind of you know finishes the commentary on like the filmmaking and yes. like these movies which is fascinating mj and peter get their kiss and it's so wonderful because i feel like it's a very high school kiss yes just it just pecks it's not like a full-on makeout it's scene. very awkward it's very awkward and it's very cute and just very heartwarming yeah and then you know the movie sums up uh william from the iron man movie downloads a program onto his computer which we don't know what happens with that mm-hmm. they arrive at the airport they get home and then flash thompson looks at his butler and he goes is mother gonna be here and he goes no now, you might be going, wow, that's really interesting because they added the text earlier in the movie and then they have that scene. What's, what's, what's the what's payoff going here? Because that's what I thought. I'm like, maybe in Spider-Man 3 we'll get a payoff. Found out the actor himself, um, Tony something, I can't remember his last name, he commented on it. And maybe they will make something of it because they have a tendency to do that. Yeah. Um, but they were filming the last day of shooting and one version of the scene was that Butler was his dad that they were going to film and then the other scene was it was his driver. And so the, he was like, wouldn't it be kind of funny if this guy, like, um, is he's just this washed up guy and he's like, where's mother? 
and like says it in that weird kind of way. And they all, they were all like, yeah, that's kind of funny. Let's do that. They were like getting drinks, like him and the director before the last day of shooting. And so they shoot that and then they added the text earlier. And apparently it was just to be like a joke that this is so sad. It's not funny to me. I know. I feel like, I feel like maybe if we were there, you know, like filming, like maybe we would have gotten it. They should have done one more thing and then it would have been a joke. Yeah. I don't know what that would be, but do or, you, you know? Yeah, just there, one it's more just, thing. there's so much attention drawn to it that it feels important rather yes. than a joke. Yes. If it was a different movie, I don't think I'd think it was important. I Maybe I would think it's a joke. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of interesting though. I, yeah. And I have a feeling that they're going to make something of it that we... Yeah, sure. Cool. They, I mean, they may as well. They'll probably rewatch those movies and be like, let's just turn that into something. Yeah. Maybe your dad, mom is a bad guy or something. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Um, so the movie ends... We have a mid-credit sequence where he takes MJ swinging. Well, actually, they do that at the end of this movie, and she's like, ooh, I don't ever want to do that again. They land, and then they have this moment, and I had turned to Jordan in the credits, and I go, you know, J.K. Simmons has always said that he would reprise his role as um, yeah. as uh, uh, J. J. Jonah, Jonah Jameson, and so I was thinking, like, it would have been cool this if he be was the, the moment. in this movie, but <laughs> yeah. I thought they were leading up to that, but I guess not. And then it pops up, and it's like, Mysterio says this stuff, and 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 Mysterio's like he's trying to kill. He's setting up Spider Man. He's like Peter as a just bad shot guy. me. Peter's shooting at me. Yeah. Or, well, no, he's saying Spider Man is shooting at me. Spider Man yeah. is trying. Oh, that's to kill what me. William was doing at the end of the movie. Oh, really? You didn't know that? No, I I oh. thought he was. Yeah. When you, well, when you just said William took this the flash drive out of his computer, and I'm like, oh, he's gonna build up to that moment. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, no, I didn't th- realize that's that. what he was doing. <laughs> so he yeah. So he's like Spider Man shooting me, and then it cuts out. And then one more video shows up of Quentin and he says, Spider-Man's Peter Parker. And then it shows a picture of Peter Parker. Yeah. And then, and then and it's then it brought to you by the Daily Bugle and it's J.K. Simmons reprising his role. And now he's doing kind of like an Alex Jones podcasting alt-right like guy who's yeah. just like spouting off conspiracies. And, and remember he says like the greatest hero of our time, Mysterio. Because yeah. he's always like not into people who help Spider Man, and I was like, no, that was like the coolest moment yeah. of the movie. And then the movie ends. Yeah. And then we have a post credit sequence where there are scrolls um, that were Nick and Maria Hill. I think the post credit sequence. Well, the scroll specifically, it was Ben Mendelsohn. Yes. And his wife. And it's cool to see Ben Mendelsohn, but I, th- to me, I'm like, this doesn't really make a lot of sense because no. of the way Nick Fury acted in the movie was very Nick Fury and not someone pretending to be Nick Fury. Yeah. And it's one of those, like, I'm just going to pretend like that it. didn't happen. Yeah. Unless they, like, make an actual specific point Plus, about because it. Because this is post Endgame, I think it is important to show what Fury and Maria Hill's roles are now. Yeah. And how Endgame has, because they were obliterated. So, like, how, how their roles have been affected by it. Yeah, and so I'm me, just choosing to forget that that happened. Yeah, I don't like that scene. Um, so now we're finished with the movie. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you like it a lot? I like it a lot. Okay, so now we got two more things left for you. As a whole, really like this series. Excited for what is coming next. I do think like after this movie, there is like with Endgame, there's kind of like a chapter is over. And if, like, for example, if the next five movies were horrible, I don't think it would bother me that much because I feel like they told a story already. Yeah. Um, I hope that that doesn't happen. But here's what we have on the future. We have Black Widow, May 1st, The Eternals, November 6th, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, February 12th, 2021, Doctor Strange 2, May 7th, 2021, 
Thor Love and Thunder, November 5th, 2021. Love and Thunder? Yep. Arf. Uh, Black Panther 2, May 6th, 2022. We don't know when Guardians 3 is coming out to be announced. <laughs> Blade movie starring Mahershala Ali. I hope that that's rated Into R. Into it. That's cool. Into it. Actually, I don't care if it's rated R. Into it. Mahershala uh, Ali, what a great cast. Perfect. Casting choice. Um, and I hope Wesley Snipe makes a cameo in it. He has to, right? That would be cool. I guess. Uh, TV shows, Disney Plus, Falcon and Winter Soldier coming out 2021, or 2020, excuse me. And then in 2021, we have WandaVision, Loki, a What If series, a Hawkeye series starring the girl from uh, Bumblebee and True Grit. I think she becomes like a, a Hawkeye, like he trains her or something like that. And then we have Marvel 616, which is going to be a documentary show about the impact of Marvel. Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> i'm into that and then now we have as we do on every episode not every episode every series now that we are done with the series we go through our list and there are 23 movies to list so i'm gonna go first if that's all right with you jordan cool and you'll finish us off and then we will make our announcement of next week which we've already announced but yeah, we'll do our plugs. Cool. bottom of the pack we got i'm gonna go from bottom to best ant-man and the wasp the Incredible Hulk, Ant-Man, Thor, Thor the Dark World, The Avengers, Thor Ragnarok, Captain America Civil War, Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Captain Marvel, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Captain America the First Avenger, actually, yeah, Iron Man 3, yeah, I'm going to switch that, actually, Iron Man 3, then Captain America the First Avenger, Spider-Man Homecoming, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, Spider... Oh, I'm... S no, sorry. Spider-Man Far From Home, then Avengers Infinity War, Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and then at the top of the pack, Avengers Endgame. So this will be interesting because my list is pretty different in the middle. Okay. Uh, So our last chunk are exactly the same. Ant-Man and the Wasp. This is from least to greatest. Okay. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Hulk, Ant-Man, Thor, Thor in the Dark World... Avengers, Winter Soldier, wow. Ragnarok, Iron Man, Iron Man 3, Captain America, Iron Man 2. Wait, which Captain America? Iron Man 1, Iron Man 3, Captain America, Iron Man 2, Captain oh, Marvel. I'm sorry, just which Captain America are you talking about? The first one. Oh, okay. Because I said Winter Soldier earlier. Yeah, but there's Civil War too. I'm not there yet. I know I was you just said okay, Captain the first America. Captain America Iron Man 2 Captain Marvel Ultron Civil War Homecoming Black Panther Doctor Strange Far From Home Infinity War Guardians 1 Endgame Guardians 2 so you switched to the top two yeah I figured you had um so that's it thank you for listening um make sure and jump on Patreon Mike patreon.com slash Micah McCaw and um, by now, I'm going to be, ha the the album comes out January 10th, but if you go for as little as $5, you can download the entire album today. Do it. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, see you next week when we do Toy Story, and we jump into Toy Story with a special guest. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>